0: Hi, I'm Sarah Todd Hammer, and this is Positively Opposite, the podcast where you'll discover through the experience and knowledge of myself and others that disability is not always a negative thing, but in fact, it can be quite the opposite. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Positively Opposite podcast. I am so excited for today's episode because I have an amazing guest with me. Today, I have Jen Starzek, who is my best friend. We have known each other for nine years now, which is so hard to believe. We first met in 2012 at Johns Hopkins Hospital. Our moms met each other in a Facebook group for parents of kids with transverse myelitis, which is what Jen is diagnosed with, and acute flaccid myelitis, which is what I am diagnosed with. And we met up at Johns Hopkins and immediately became great friends. And to this day, we are like sisters. We've been through so much together. And we have actually written and published three books together as well. Jen is four years older than me, so she has already completed her bachelor's degree. She got her bachelor's in communication sciences and disorders, and now she is currently pursuing her master's degree at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, and she is working to become a speech-language pathologist, which is so amazing. Jen is so incredible and smart, so I'm so excited to have her here with me. Jen, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How are you? I'm
0: great. I'm so excited for the conversation we're going to have. I know it's going to be great because you're so knowledgeable and experienced. So this is going to be really fun. So let's just get right on into the questions for today. So since we've been friends for nine years we definitely have grown a lot together and we've experienced so many things together. So I'm just wondering, how do you feel our friendship has impacted your own disability experience?
1: Well, it definitely had a large impact um, considering I had pretty much just acquired my disability when we met, like only Mm -hmm. some months before. Um, So most of my disability experience has been While being friends with you, Mm -hmm. um, I think writing together definitely helped like me process my experiences a lot. Um, all of our deep disability discussions (laughs) we've had over the years, all of our conversations, (laughs) those have helped me like process my own experiences too. And like I get a lot of insight from you when we kind of bounce (laughs) ideas and stuff off of each other when we talk about our experiences and how we feel about them. I love Um, doing that with you. (laughs) Me (laughs) too. So I think all of that definitely helped, like, my own self-acceptance as a disabled person and all of that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that's actually so true. I hadn't thought about how you hadn't been disabled for as long as I had. Like, obviously, I knew that, but I hadn't thought about how that could have come into play with our friendship because Mm -hmm. you got your disability in August, 2011, and then I got mine in April, 2010. And although we were very different ages, like we both still had to go through that initial, like shock of becoming disabled and then learning how to deal with our lives having changed. So yeah, that's really interesting that you brought that up because I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then also, with our conversations that we always have with disability. I love that so much because I do have a lot of disabled friends now, but I feel like you and I just really love diving really deeply into the conversations surrounding disability. (laughs) Yeah, and like, you know, whenever I get rude comments on my Instagram like you're always the first one I send them, send them to because I know you always have good comments to make about them.
1: <laughs> all <laughs> so, of the rants.
0: Yes, yes, all of the rants we have together. <laughs> um, so to that end, do you think being disabled has had a positive effect on our friendship? Because it definitely has, as you mentioned, there have been these positive um, effects, but can you elaborate more on that positive effect yeah
1: yeah so positive effects on the friendship I mean there's all of the adventures that we've had because of having disability which are great bonding experiences (laughs) like
0: the time you helped me take
1: a shower exactly (laughs) so like the shower the um the whole Starbucks adventure in Chicago oh
0: my gosh gosh. you should tell them about that I think my listeners will love that story oh yeah
1: so we were we were in Chicago in 2017
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah 2017 and um Sarah Todd and I like we had a late night Starbucks craving (laughs) which (laughs) was really random because it was like it was late I don't know it was dark and it was June so it was like um yeah it was really random (laughs) it was a really random late night Starbucks craving and so we went out we left the hotel that um Sarah Todd and her parents were staying at and for some reason we had a hard time finding a Starbucks that was like open and accessible and then we found one but there were like there was like a whole set of stairs to get down to it (laughs)
0: yeah so we could not get to it because Jen uses a wheelchair and we couldn't find an elevator anywhere
1: no so we were like looking all over for a way to like get to the Starbucks and then I think we found a different one but then we had to work together to get that door open because it was like a weird door Um, (laughs) oh my gosh I remember that.
0: I think it was it was either a push or a pull and we did the opposite yeah we did the opposite at first
1: (laughs) which that was our us being like dumb not because of our (laughs) disabilities but um still we do we tend to work together when we open doors (laughs) in general um (laughs) which sometimes goes well sometimes doesn't but um (laughs) yeah and then we got our starbucks and then we went back and that was just the two (laughs) of us quite an adventure yeah it was
0: a whole just like bound and determined to get our starbucks because like I feel like I'm like this a lot. And I think you are too. Like once I decide I want to do something, no matter how hard it is, like I am getting it done.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it just, we wanted it more when we saw the Starbucks yes. that wasn't accessible. we're like, well, no, that's not going to stop us. Yes.
0: We were like bound and determined to get into that Starbucks. We yeah. were going to do it.
1: Yep. So we found a way. Um, so adventures like that, um, <laughs> <laughs> Adventures like the shower adventure, um, just yeah, lots of things like that. Um, there's also like, there's like automatic kind of mutual understanding that we have that a lot of like non-disabled friends either don't really have or don't have right away. And it takes longer to figure out. So kind of like the mm-hmm. automatic understanding of, um, not jumping in to help when it's something that your disabled friend could probably do on their own even if it's mm-hmm. more difficult um but also helping each other if we do need it and just kind of recognizing that um very easily like i don't know it's just it's like it's i feel like if either of us needs help from the other with something it's just like the super easy like I don't even know how to describe it it's It's like we both know each other
0: so well right and yeah it is really automatic like you especially I feel like you very much know what I need help with Mm -hmm. and you know when I kind of want you to jump in and when I'd rather you not and you're always very good about that so (laughs) thanks you (laughs) too and
1: also like there's also like the middle ground where sometimes you want help figuring out how to do it on your mm-hmm. own. And so we'll like brainstorm together, like, oh my gosh. with like the applesauce and the straw. <laughs> yes. Yes. You are
0: so good at that. Like, I'll text you stuff a lot and I'll be like, do you have any idea how I could do this? And you'll send me like some wild way to do something <laughs> like, like with the scrunchie, like when I wanted to oh, put yeah. my hair up in a ponytail with one hand we spent we so time? long doing we so
1: many hours trying to yes. figure it out
0: and I was yes. just like walking you through it yes and ideas. then like I didn't even know how to put my hair up because I just yeah. like hadn't done it in so many years and so you had to like teach me that
1: <laughs> I don't like, go to like step zero like yes. helping you put a scrunchie on like
0: with that whole thing <laughs> that reminded me of like when you said that sometimes you really want to try to let me figure out if I can do it on my own or not before Mm -hmm. I ask you or before you step in it reminded me of when I tried to open the blush and I was like I was going to get that blush open like I told myself that and then I did I or did I get it open I think I I dropped it before I got it open and then it just spilled everywhere and I'd just gotten my bathroom redone and this pink blush got all in the white grout in my new bathroom that was
1: <laughs> that was so rough um and <laughs> I felt really bad because that was one where like I was like kind of stepping back because you were super <laughs> determined but I was yeah. like oh you're having a hard time with it um you did technically get it open eventually it yes. was just <laughs> on the floor (laughs) not in the way we desired right (laughs) That and then you were gonna open my blush and the thing was like slightly broken and I was like nope you have to open it a certain way or it'll fall
0: off (laughs) oh my gosh imagine if I'd done that I would have been so mad I would have (laughs) been raging
1: (laughs) oh yeah
0: good times but Yeah. yeah you're certainly right we definitely do have a lot of adventures together that Mm -hmm. we don't really have with anyone else
1: (laughs) no it's really interesting (laughs) okay
0: so this leads me into a little bit of a different topic but i really want to highlight your speech language pathology career because i think that it's really incredible you're pursuing that and you're literally going to be a working woman (laughs) Um, you're so grown up and intelligent and I think people need to hear about it. So has your disability influenced your career choice at all?
1: Yeah, it was really interesting, because I did want to do speech pathology um, my whole life, like well before I was disabled, but Mm -hmm. then when I had my disability, I had a whole like mini crisis at some point, like um is that actually what I want to do or do I just want to do it because it's like consistent with who I was before I was disabled and it was a whole weird identity crisis thing (laughs) going on with what I wanted to do so then I changed my major a couple times and then went back to it um because I ended up realizing that it was what I wanted to do and so I kind of had Mm -hmm. to separate um like what I actually wanted with what I you know with what I was afraid I would or wouldn't be able to do physically and like separate Mm -hmm. that from um, my identity like before and after being disabled. And it was a whole um, thing. So it did influence that process to coming to the conclusion in a way. And I'm probably a lot more confident in my choice um, than I would have been if I had never been disabled and just Mm -hmm. never questioned that or anything.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because I knew that you had wanted this career like for a long time Mm -hmm. and it was before you became disabled and then you did switch it up a few times and then you eventually realized like this was what you really wanted to do and you came back to that. And I think that's an interesting point you made about separating your like before disabled self from your now disabled self and like thinking about how that impacted Mm -hmm. your career like that's really interesting I hadn't thought about that
1: also uh, influenced I think kind of my more specific interest too because I have a more Mm -hmm. specific interest now in like motor speech disorders and Mm -hmm. like acquired um, speech language and swallowing disorders um, especially seeing like some people with AFM and TM and stuff um, do have speech and swallowing Um, impairments so that definitely helped to that career in the setting I wanted to be in because of the like like physical rehab that I went through because of TM and stuff
0: Mm -hmm. yeah because you're aware of how being disabled can affect like certain aspects of what speech language pathologists take care of. So you're gonna Mm -hmm. be like more passionate about that, more interested in that, which is a good thing like for your career. So also because of your disability, do you think you're more dedicated to and interested in speech language
1: pathology? Yeah, I think that probably influenced the passion a lot um, because like I never had um, a speech pathologist like working with me, but I had PTs and OTs, as you know, Mm -hmm. who helped Mm -hmm. me a lot, not just like directly with my disability as much as helping me, I guess, with the disability identity and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Just having people in my life who believed in me and my abilities and helped me maximize my independence and stuff. was really helpful. So I'd love to help other people with that. And um obviously having a disability makes me more aware of disability issues and mm-hmm. um will help me make sure not to be like ableist within the profession, you know, like you're not fixing someone's disability. Mm-hmm. You're helping, you know, someone access their own communication abilities. Um, so it's not fixing it. It's helping you know that's kind of a balance that we all I think have all of us Mm -hmm. who are disabled have dealt with is kind of that balance between feeling like like we need to be like quote unquote fixed yes and (laughs) that being the purpose of uh like physical rehabilitation versus um maximizing the abilities you do have and Mm -hmm. what you want to do with your life and figuring all of that out from that aspect so
0: yeah I think like you said you you've had therapy before and although it wasn't speech therapy you have Mm -hmm. experience with other forms of therapy and so that'll help you know like what you would want to have in a therapist right exactly Mm -hmm. for sure So like that can help shape how you are with your own clients and I think that's so important because you have kind of both sides of like the experience mm-hmm. and so your clients will have that benefit because you've almost like in a way been in their shoes but just kind of in a different way
1: right that's what I hope mm-hmm. for sure
0: yeah because also like you mentioned with the um with the whole fixing thing mm-hmm. I think that is a tricky topic that therapists do encounter like therapists of all kinds mm-hmm. and it's something that's difficult for people to understand and like especially if you're someone who hasn't experienced disability yourself so again like you have that unique perspective of knowing the boundaries there which I think will be so beneficial
1: to your clients right I hope so yeah because the fixing thing like if you're fixing someone, it means that there's something wrong with the disability, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that was a really hard thing for me personally to deal with, Um, you know, like that kind of ingrained idea that disability is inherently wrong and negative. Mm -hmm. And when your whole goal is to like fix it and become able-bodied again and everything that just kind of, it's, it's, it's really hard for, as you know, it's really hard for like your own self-esteem and confidence and everything. And so, you know, I would hope that my clients also would know that um, there isn't anything wrong with mm-hmm. the, their bodies or their speech or whatever um, Yes. the way it is. It's just, I want to help them, you know, with whatever they want to be helped with, you know?
0: Yeah. Like you're there to kind of serve their needs and like cater to their needs. Right. Exactly. And to that end, you obviously have developed this healthy mindset of accepting disability and making sure that we don't have any like negative talk around fixing the disability Mm -hmm. and like fixing the person. And so, like, how has your journey been with that, like, with developing a positive mindset around your own disability and then, like, disability in general, even?
1: Yeah, that's definitely been a very long journey that's been very up and down, you know? Um, Oh, book reference, up and down. (laughs) As you will maybe hear about in the book, up and down. Yes. (laughs) You do get a little bit of that. Um, that idea but um yeah that was definitely a difficult um journey like when I first became disabled it I had a lot of feelings about like what that would mean for me and like I think kind of our society's views on disability are mostly negative so I Mm -hmm that's pretty much all I knew was that if you were paralyzed, you know, that you would never be able to do anything again. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you don't get very much representation of um what disabled people can do. And so um I definitely felt like I would be it would be like a failure on me and my life and I'd never be able to do what I wanted with my life if I wasn't fully recovered. So the goal at first was like, full recovery. And it was really, it was really disheartening when I didn't progress as much as I wanted to. And um, when there were still things that were difficult, but then, you know, as I lived more of my life with the disability, I um, learned to adapt to things. And it was a lot easier to adapt than I would have expected. And, you know, it, it didn't take long for me to not have to think about like the majority of random everyday adaptations I was making. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it didn't take long before, like the disability itself wasn't something that I was thinking about constantly. And my goal was no longer to get rid of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I just, I eventually had to learn that it's not inherently negative and I, you know, eventually a lot of good things came out of the disability and being a disabled person, you know, like my friendships and um, the connections I made and the gaining the ability to adapt in that way, being more flexible and all of that just like that was all because of the disability experience so I had to you know eventually learn reflect on all of that and learn that it's not only negative and most of the negative aspects of disability are from like systemic issues and ableism and other people's ideas about me and stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. It really is like a whole journey like Mm -hmm. kind of within your own mind, like kind of wrestling with all of these ideas and like learning your, like I guess unlearning a lot of your own ableist ideas that we have because of what Mm -hmm. society tells us about disabled people. And then just, yeah, a lot of it includes just thinking about the disability experience like within your own mind and realizing how it affects yourself and your surroundings, like the people around you and how all that comes into play. Mm -hmm. So it really is a whole journey, I think, for every disabled person. And not every disabled person will be able to reach the point of acceptance because it definitely is difficult. Mm -hmm. And I wish that more disabled people could. And I think they could if there were more support and more positive talk about disability um, right. which is one of the reasons why I want to highlight all these positive aspects of disability in my podcast but yeah a lot of what you said I could definitely relate to myself I didn't accept my disability at first at all especially mm-hmm. the first two years as you know were really difficult and even into like the first four years of my disability experience were really difficult for me. And then honestly, I think once I started accepting my disability, it kind of came a little more quickly for me. Like, I think I just kind of took it in stride. Like once I realized it was okay to be disabled, I stuck with that. And I was like, okay, like I'm going into full acceptance here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, it really is a unique journey that a lot of us disabled people go through. (laughs) Mm -hmm. so today do you find it difficult just at times even though you've gone through this journey of acceptance do you find it difficult to maintain a positive mindset as a disabled person
1: I wouldn't say it's necessarily difficult there are definitely certain things like anytime there are certain like obstacles that you run into that have to do with disability it's a little bit of a step backwards, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and can be really like disappointing sometimes and really frustrating a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So that difficulty doesn't come from the disability itself though. It's more, again, coming from how society like tells us how we should feel about our disability. So like, you know, as you said, you have to unlearn those things, but we kind of Mm -hmm. get this message all the time that we should feel so negatively towards the disability and it's really hard to I guess push back against that and it Mm -hmm. sometimes feels weird to be positive about it because we've grown up feeling like that's not how you're supposed to feel about it you know so um, that has made it a little difficult and it still occasionally does and as I said the disability doesn't tend to bother me except when I run into things that make me fear that systemic ableism will stop me from reaching my full potential one way Mm -hmm. or the other. Um, When I worry about barriers, like sometimes I'll worry about employers being discriminatory, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and not wanting to put accommodations in place. And that's like technically illegal, but you know, that there are so many loopholes that, that we can't do anything about. And whenever that kind of comes up, I get a little scared about it. Yeah, so whenever things like that kind of bring that fear up again, that I guess kind of makes it a little difficult to maintain the positive mindset and like kind of brings up those feelings again. Like it would be so much easier if I wasn't disabled because I wouldn't have to worry about these things, but really that's not the issue. It would really just be so much easier if our world was you know, built more for us and was more willing to accommodate us and
0: everything. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And when you mentioned that we're told that disability isn't something that should be positive, you know, like when Mm -hmm. we kind of maybe start accepting our disability and then we're like, wait, that's not something I should love, you know, that is definitely a tough thought to have. And I know I had that when I first started realizing, like, actually, I've had a lot of great things happen because of my disability, and I'm thankful for the great things that have come out of my disability. I remember thinking, like, that's not something I should love. And I actually remember texting you and telling you that I was, like, kind of viewing my disability as a good thing and, like, I love a lot of things that my disability has given me. And I felt like that was weird and wrong. And you said something about how it wasn't. And I was feeling that way because society says, like, you shouldn't love your disability. Like, it's just society saying it's something that's negative. And that was what was making me not love my disability. Or it was what was making me be hesitant about loving my disability. So... I love that point that you made because it is hard to like get past that initial thought that you have.
1: Right. I don't remember that conversation, but I'm glad I'm <laughs> being consistent with what i yes. thing.
0: Yeah. Like I've learned so much from you. Like seriously, I, I've had my own growth, but a lot of how I feel about my own disability and like mm-hmm. just through the conversations we've had together, like I've learned so much about disability and the experience of being disabled, and like, yeah, you you teach me a lot. And I feel like I tell you that all the time. Uh, but it's true.
1: You teach me a lot too, though, because you've had a lot of good insight about it too. And thank you. I to feel about disability, so
0: we teach each other.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So, as you mentioned, you have realized that society views disability very negatively and Why do you think this is? Like why does society view disability as like a solely negative experience?
1: I think one of the biggest things is fear and lack of knowledge or Mm -hmm. lack of exposure. So a lot of non-disabled people have their own like personal fear of ever being disabled um, because they just do not understand anything about the disability experience. And then that fear um, kind of, it influences their views of us because, you know, they fear ever becoming us. And Mm -hmm. so they think that we must be miserable. And then, so that's kind of a whole cycle there. And then there's also such a severe lack of true representation, which means that most people, most non-disabled people, are not like properly exposed to the realities of the disability experience. They're not exposed to like what the actual difficulties are. They're not exposed to all of the things that disabled people can do and um, any of those realities. So they have a very kind of untrue um, understanding of what the disability experience is. And then also all of those unknown aspects of disability, because again, the lack of representation, all those unknown things make it scarier, which fuels that fear mm-hmm. even more. And the representation we do have tends to be very negative and very focused on the challenges, um, like the movies we have about people who are disabled. I mean, Usually aren't written by disabled writers. The mm-hmm. characters are usually played by non disabled actors. And so all of that makes the representation just, you know, it comes from the non disabled person's viewpoint. And it's usually just completely wrong. Like, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's not actually what it's like. Um, but then other non disabled people see that representation, and they think that's what it's like. And then that makes it seem scary. And so it's mm-hmm. just like, it's like a cycle right it's a whole cycle and it's really complicated and then also i think there's a part of people maybe not consciously but a part of them do realize that we have these barriers as well because again systemic ableism so like i think a part of them just kind of realizes that and that also would feel the fear because you know if you can't always access a restaurant like if you're a wheelchair user and you can't always access a restaurant because of the stairs or their mm-hmm. tables crowded together You can't move through and it's like oh that must be horrible because they can't like go to these places but you attribute that to the disability and not the way that exactly the restaurant is set up you know and then that goes for you know any accessibility issues in general, but that's just an example. So um, I think subconsciously they also recognize those barriers, but they just misattribute it. Mm -hmm. So they misattribute where the real difficulties come from.
0: Yeah, like a lot of what's at play here is the medical model versus the social model. Like the medical model being that the disabled person and their disability, like that's the problem. And then Mm -hmm. the social model being that it's society and the barriers that are the problem. Mm -hmm. And I think the medical model can be a little tricky because it can kind of blame the disabled person and their body for the inaccessibility. And that can cause issues with self-worth and feeling like a burden. And the social model really puts the onus on society to do their part and make things accessible. And if people realized this difference more and they focused on the social model more then they would actually realize that accessibility benefits everyone. And Mm -hmm. if something is accessible, it's good for society as a whole, not just disabled people. So it really benefits everyone. And if people learn that more and like, realize that then the world would be a much better place
1: (laughs) yeah and a lot of people are like kind of try to ignore slash I don't know hide from the fact that a anyone could be disabled at any time Mm -hmm. um it's not just like you know I think a lot of non-disabled people think like that would never be me um yes but it very well could be so it is your issue too and most people will eventually become disabled because when you get old, you generally have more health issues and mobility issues and stuff like that and benefit from accessibility. So it very literally does benefit everyone. Yes. And, but people um, don't like to think about that because it's a scary thought for them, but uh, they don't like to think about that. Plus if they blame it on whatever conditions and stuff, um, you know, the medical model, if they blame any hardships on the disability itself, that kind of makes it so non-disabled people don't have to put any effort into accessibility. It's like, well, there's nothing we can do because I can't cure spinal cord injuries. Mm -hmm. So I can't help people's spinal cord injuries (laughs) because I don't know the cure for that. But it's like, that's not, (laughs) that's, not the issue it doesn't need to be cured just right we need so many so much more accessibility and all of that
0: right and also when you mentioned the fear and how they're just so scared of becoming disabled Mm -hmm. that should really motivate them to want the world to be more accessible right um it's really weird that people are so scared of becoming disabled because they're obviously kind of thinking about the challenges that come with it, but then they're just not going to advocate for accessibility and they won't call out in accessibility. They'll just be sitting there scared of being disabled and they right. won't yeah. anything about that. So being disabled wouldn't be as scary if the world were accessible and accommodating and if people weren't ableist.
1: Right. If it was just as normalized as like having nearsightedness, you know, like some people wear mm-hmm. glasses and some people don't like, it's like if disability was as normalized as that and the accommodations for disability were also as normalized and integrated into society, because technically glasses are an accommodation mm-hmm. for being nearsighted or farsighted, et cetera. You know, any visual issues that can be corrected by glasses. Mm-hmm. and it's very normalized for that to be accommodated by some people wearing glasses and y- having the option to sit at the front of the classroom if your eyesight isn't as good, you know, right. like those are very just typical accommodations that we make that are just so normalized. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. think anything of a fifth grader who wears glasses sitting near the front of the classroom so he can see the board better and nobody would give that a second thought but that is technically an accommodation just like the accommodations we make for disability but accommodations for disabilities are just not Not normalized they're not normalized like people don't think of them as much and it's like a whole like big deal if someone does get accommodations and um like, quote unquote, special accommodations for the disability, yeah. people will either be like jealous that they get it or yes. they, or I don't know, it, it's just <laughs> somehow they fear it so much that they don't really think about the really easy everyday accommodations we can make.
0: Yeah, and I'd actually never even thought of that myself. Like the glasses comparison and sitting closer to the board is a great mm-hmm. example. <laughs> like <laughs> I've had so many people in my classes go up to sit at the front of the board and no one thinks anything of
1: that exactly (laughs) but then if you're in a classroom and like you need it's like if you're a wheelchair user and you just need an accessible desk you know that doesn't have a chair by it and is high enough to fit your wheelchair under it and then Mm -hmm. suddenly that's like this big like eye catcher and everyone's like stairs at the other desk that's yeah they're like the, whoa, the user, what is this? whoa what is this <laughs> or if you're like at an assembly and um you can't sit on the floor and most people most kids are sitting on the floor and so you're given a chair to sit in mm-hmm. and that's, I've had that experience <laughs> yeah exactly I was thinking about you like <laughs> if you have trouble sitting on the floor because of your disability and you're given a chair to sit in and suddenly everyone's just like, well, why do you get a chair? But like, yeah,
0: or you're so lucky you get to sit you're in so a chair, in a chair, like
1: everyone's staring at that as if it's not just this really simple accommodation to be made like, right. Um, and it just, it should be really thought about and normalized more. But again, nobody like thinks anything of someone with glasses sitting at the front of the classroom. So Right,
0: right. And it is the same thing it's an accommodation exactly
1: (laughs) and people with glasses don't think of it as an accommodation but a lot of it is (laughs) people who wear glasses would be disabled if we didn't have glasses (laughs) like right you know (laughs) exactly
0: so clearly accommodating people and normalizing these accommodations can help disabled people recognize that it's okay to be disabled and help us feel more welcome but yeah. what do you think could be done to help disabled people who are struggling to find positives within their own experiences and like help them recognize that there are some positives
1: yeah i think i think a big thing would be just someone telling them that it is okay to question those internalized ideas they have about disability and recognize Mm -hmm. them and sort through them. It's okay to have some negative feelings about it too. And that's always completely valid. But I think it's important for people to explore where the negative ideas about their disability come from. If it's from their specific disability or if it's from the messages that they have like unconsciously received their whole Mm -hmm. lives about disability. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just closely examining them can help find positives in my experience. And also, I guess, reflecting on anything that has come into your life because of disability that Mm -hmm. is Anything that's come into your life because of your disability, directly or indirectly, that makes you happy. You know, mm-hmm. like my friendship with you makes me happy. So that's mm-hmm. obviously a positive. Um, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> there are more indirect things like swimming makes me happy. And mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be swimming if I could still run. And just a lot of things like that where like singing makes me happy but I probably wouldn't have done choir if I was still able to Mm -hmm. play an instrument like there are just so many things that are positive that probably wouldn't have happened even like obscurely indirect things (laughs) like my friends here in grad school make me really happy and part of that is because a lot they're really really good about adapting things without a second thought they're so
0: sweet you have the best friends there i too they're so (laughs) accommodating
1: and my disability just like like my one friend she made me a bracelet and she like made the strings longer because she thought that would make it easier for me to get it on and off that's so sweet i know like such a really like simple thing and she just like said it really casually and I was like, cause I was like, I was so proud cause I was able to get it on and off myself. And she was like, oh yeah, I really hoped that making the strings longer would help with that. And I was like, whoa, I wouldn't that's even adorable. have thought of that. adorable.
0: I wouldn't have I even know. thought of that either. I was <laughs> oh like, gosh. yes,
1: Megan. <laughs> that is so um, sweet. Yeah. So like little things like that, that just, I wouldn't have recognized obviously if I didn't have a disability as something that's yeah. a good friend thing to do. Yeah, it, like so, makes
0: your friendship stronger in a way because you have the vulnerability of right. kind of needing help from them, but them also like really enjoying helping you and like loving right. how it makes them closer to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So those are just a lot of things. So just, I guess, thinking about things like that that mm-hmm. are re- related to your disability in some way that yeah. kind of helps find the positives in it. And I think also reading about disability, reading about the disability experience and Mm -hmm. disabled identity and stuff like that can help with that acceptance of yourself as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I love what you said about trying to think of the positive things that have come Mm -hmm. out of it. And that is really what helped me when I Mm -hmm. first realized like, wow i had to make a wish to meet one direction and that wouldn't have happened (laughs) without my disability right it sounds silly but like that was an amazing experience and i've had so many more things come out of it like my number one thing is definitely my friendship with you because Mm -hmm. we are just so close in a way that i don't think i could ever match in any other friendship Right. And we just have so many unique experiences to share with each other as we've talked about. So yeah, I, th- I definitely think it is a good idea to, if you can, like just try to maybe sit down or even like journal and think about the positive things that have come out of your mm-hmm. disability, because even if it takes some time with some digging, you should be able to find like at least one thing that has come out of your disability.
1: Yeah. And hopefully examining where those negative feelings come from also helps you realize that that isn't against your self-worth you know the difficulties you have about disability it's not because you're disabled in a direct sense it's because of society and these systemic barriers so it's not your fault and those negative feelings aren't your fault and so hopefully that kind of helps with your own self-worth as well
0: yes I love that so much that was such a good answer so finally, I saved this question for last on purpose, because I think this will just be really interesting. So I really want to know, like, for you, what has been the most positive aspect of your own disability experience?
1: I feel like it's hard to say, like, the most positive. Yeah, like, um, just one
0: thing. <laughs> obviously,
1: our friendship is up there. Um, yes. <laughs> definitely. um the most positive. Um, Because as you said, like that sort of bond and type of friendship, I can't imagine having, I can't imagine having with anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And that wouldn't have happened without the disability, um, a lot of our like deep disability talks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um,
0: Like we wouldn't even know each other existed, which is so weird.
1: That would be so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be super weird. But um, (laughs) I think I've also learned a lot more about myself than I would have otherwise without a disability. Um, Because I kind of had to figure out who I was beyond physical ability, as I said, Mm -hmm. because I think we put a lot of a lot of like, emphasis on physical ability as being part of your worth and being who you are I mean Mm -hmm. I was like I don't know a big part of my identity pre TM was like being super active and strong Mm -hmm. and like
0: (laughs) because you ran
1: (laughs) right I ran I did a lot of like gymnastics and tumbling classes and like I really loved doing cartwheels and I Mm -hmm. loved doing Walking on my hands randomly, and like, as a kid, I would just go around the house walking on my hands sometimes. And if I tried walking on my hands now, I think that might be a great. disaster. <laughs> Can't even walk on my legs well. My arms. So, yeah, so disability jokes, also, those you know always a good time (laughs) come from a disability um so I kind of had to obviously examine who I was beyond that which kind of Mm -hmm. I think I learned a lot more about what makes me happy and everything because not just physical things make me happy as it turns out there are plenty Mm -hmm. of other things that do Mm -hmm. and so I think that just that helps a lot with that
0: Yeah. I love that. Like it doesn't have to always be, you know, a sport or doing something active and those things can for sure bring joy. And you still participate in sports because you do adaptive swimming, but Mm -hmm. there are other things like things we can't even see. Like for me, one of my main things is I've learned so much about myself, but also just in general, like about Mm -hmm. the disability community. And so I love that I have like that increased knowledge and insight so yeah i think it's interesting just to hear what everyone who has a disability has to say about their own like favorite positive aspect of their disability because it's different for everyone so
1: yeah yeah yeah, it's really interesting
0: so this has been a fantastic talk like you literally have the best insight ever this is (laughs) why like well this is one of the reasons why i love you so much i learn so much from you every time we talk And I know my listeners have definitely learned a lot from you as well. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. This was incredible. I really enjoyed it. And I always love getting to chat with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always fun to
0: converse with you about these things. We have so much fun together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Positively Opposite. If you'd like to connect with me, visit my website, saratodhammer.com. Transcripts of each episode will be available there. Also, be sure to follow the Positively Opposite Instagram for all the latest updates and special content regarding the podcast. I hope you'll join me and another amazing guest at the next episode.